Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning we're looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42. A cup of cold water. Matthew 10, 40 to 42. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. The Stranger at the door. If you spend a little time with Matthew's gospel, and this is what you will find Jesus telling his disciples as they are about to embark on their first evangelistic rally. Proclaim the good news. Cure the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons, take no payment, no gold or silver, and don't put any change in your pockets. Don't carry a bag or take any extra clothing or shoes. Work for what you eat. That's what Jesus told his disciples. That's all. That's it. And let me tell you, that's enough. But he's not through. After giving them their marching orders, he tells them what they can expect for their troubles. I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Brother will betray brother to death and father his children, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name doesn't sound much like the gospel, does it? It sounds more like the Civil War. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. That's all in chapter 10. Just in chapter 10 of Matthew's gospel. One chapter. So what is Jesus saying? What is Matthew telling us by putting these words of Jesus together? They are saying it's a fearful world out there, especially for the one who dares carry Jesus' name and identifies with him. So it is with rejoicing and not a little bit of relief that we finally get through all these terrible warnings and dire messages and find a hopeful word when Jesus says, whoever gives even a cup of cold water 
to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, none of these will lose their reward. Like the illusion itself, after hearing all the trouble, things that can happen to one who dares follow Jesus, these words are like a cup of cold water to a dry and parched throat. After telling his disciples what they must do, which seems downright impossible to us, Jesus tells them the consequences of it all will be harsh. But then he says it is enough, it's quite enough, simply to be offered a cup of cold water in his name. Just a cup of water. So we offer a collective sigh of relief and think that this lets us off the hook. A cup of cold water. Why, that's easy. Piece of cake. Except, in a world as broken and fragmented as ours, a simple act of kindness, a welcome to a stranger, a little genuine hospitality, can be downright dangerous. And that's true. For us here in small-town America, and especially true in larger cities as well. In a world where people are attacked in their own homes, answering the doorbell becomes an act of faithfulness. Offering directions to a lost traveler provokes second thoughts. Holding another's hand involves body contact. Visiting the hospital or retirement home means an encounter with the sick, the dying, and the lonely. Mumbling hello to a stranger on a crowded street may seem odd. A little airplane flight to visit friends can be nerve-wracking. In this kind of world, a world of walls and barriers, violence and loneliness, Christian hospitality becomes a prophetic act. Yet even here where we live, this is not an easy world for many of us. If for no other reason than we have memories of a simpler and more pleasant time with which to compare it. Many of us grew up in a safer, different world, or at least that's the way we remember it. One author wrote, I grew up in a time when houses had screen doors that let light, air, pollen, and noise filter throughout each room. Company never surprised us because we could hear the car coming up the gravel driveway. Spring rains did not sneak up on us either because we could smell them before they arrived. Do you remember that? Because now we all have air conditioning and blasting TVs that blot out all that outside noise, while we have transformed our homes into cocoons of safety and retreat. Deadbolts, security alarms, uh, motion-detecting lights, video cameras... For some, the only way you can get into your neighborhood is to have an access code that guards the gate. We're more comfortable, it seems, to live this way. But underneath it all is an undying sense of unease. That lurking just outside the walls of our homes is danger. So we do all we can to protect ourselves from that which would jeopardize our well-being. We don't live in that open screen door world anymore. But guess what? Neither did Jesus. 
The context for what Jesus says here is conflict. The world he describes sounds more like Nazi Germany, where neighbors spied on neighbors and turned them in if their loyalty was not orthodox to the existing regime. Jesus had warned his disciples that even family members would turn against one another because of one's allegiance to him. Jesus plainly says that following him can lead to struggle, not smooth sailing. It can create more havoc than it does peace of mind. He is sending out his messengers, and wherever they go, they will run the risk of creating the same kind of situation he himself has found everywhere he has gone. In some places he was accepted, received with warm hospitality. In others he was met with anything but that. And he also understood why. For someone to offer Jesus and his disciples hospitality, even just a cup of cold water, that in itself could be considered an act of treason. It was a difficult world in which Jesus lived, a world in which hospitality had a dangerous edge to it. To us, the word hospitality implies coffee and donuts, or a polite reception with cake and punch and cookies and whatnot. To Jesus, it meant far more than that. It meant acceptance, even to those who, in his society and in his day, were deemed to be unacceptable. Which is why he put his arms around lepers. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. He forgave adulterers and broke Sabbath laws. Hospitality was not only important to Jesus, it was at the very heart of being like God, and it didn't make any difference to him where such hospitality took place, or to whom, or on what day. Hospitality can have a hard edge even today. I suppose it depends on where you are and whether you're willing to put yourself in difficult places. Jim Somerville was the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., once one of the most prominent churches in our nation's capital. It is still housed in a wonderful, ornate facility. However, there are few people who come to worship there anymore. See, Washington has one of the highest populations of homeless people in America, if not the highest. They're everywhere, and sometimes they take refuge near churches. And Pastor Somerville couldn't help but notice that a group of homeless people were spending their nights on the church's property. In an effort to be hospitable and to put a human face on homelessness, he and another young fellow from his church took their sleeping bags and spent a night with these people who had no roof over their heads. They had to endure the initiation process. First of all, if they were going to relate to these people, they would have to give up the sleeping bags. Nobody else had them. They were instructed as to how to make a good bed out of a cardboard and how to use other materials to insulate their home for the night. In the course of questioning their new friends, the pastor and his uh, idealistic deacon asked them what were their greatest difficulties. And the answer was obvious. Where do you go to the bathroom? And since there were women in the ranks, it was especially difficult for them. So the next day, Jim ordered a portable toilet to be delivered to the church and placed nearby where this group of people slept. 
it did not go over well with some of the people in the congregation, as you can imagine. But here's the interesting thing. One of those homeless men joined the church and has developed into one of its most active and committed members. See, you never know. You just never know what might happen when you extend a hand or even a cup of water to someone in Jesus' name. You see, you never know who that stranger may be at your door. In this inhospitable world of ours, Jesus would have us thrown caution to the wind. You can't do that without opening the door. And when you do, you might just find Jesus standing there, disguised as a stranger. Let us close with a word of prayer today. Find us hospitable to you, O Lord, and to your children, regardless of who they are. May your promises keep us going on our journey. Let your spirit of wisdom guide us in the days ahead. And let the love of Jesus live in us and bless those we meet. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.